Um, hands up if you want to hear a joke. Oh no. Good, 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 good. No, no, no. No, 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 that's fine. I won't tell a joke because only like a few game people did put their hands up. Later on, after service, come and see me. I'll share a joke. But I did want to share with you something to, today, tonight, whatever it is, this afternoon, um, which kind of, you know when you pray and like you ask God for an answer or something and you kind of have in your mind like a multiple choice list of things that you expect him to say and then sometimes when you ask him to answer a prayer like he might answer it with something that you don't really expect or you kind of go oh well anyway when I was praying because I like to pray before I know what to preach about and so I was talking to God about it. I was praying to God I'm like Lord what do you want me to share about on the 12th of January and and Somebody tonight just needs to know God loves you. I said to God, I said, that's so basic. Surely we should, we should do something more, you know, a little bit deeper than that. You know, but no, it just wouldn't go away. I even started to do other messages. I thought maybe, no, that's not God. God wouldn't say something like that. God would say something like, you know, do a series on this and make, you know, make a series on this and... Preach a sermon with three points that all start with the same letter, you know, and have a powerful PowerPoint that everyone can just be inspired and we'll all leave here jumping up and down the air. But no, it just, it just wouldn't happen. Somebody tonight needs to know that God loves you. All right? You don't have to start crying yet. We'll go through it. Step by step. God loves you. Do you know that? God really, really loves you. Stuart, he really, really loves you. I'm trying to hold it together. He really, really loves you. He really does. God, God loves you. I know, I'm probably in the midst of a lot of people, like preaching to the choir. But just the other day, we were travelling out to Cockatoo. Um, Cockatoo is just 20 minutes, kind of that way. Um, and we were, Sonia and I were going out there with Naomi in the car. And um, we're just driving up to Cockatoo and all of a sudden I hear this, wow, oh, my goodness. This, oh, this is so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. I thought, what? what? What is she talking about? See, Naomi hadn't been to Cockatoo before from Pakenham. Hands up if you've ever travelled to Cockatoo or you've gone through Cockatoo on the way somewhere. Anyone? All right. Next time you take that road, you have to notice how amazing it is. Because I travel that road, because I'm not only pastoring this church, but I'm also like two days or one and a half days up at Sylvan at the Wesleyan Church up there. And so every week I'm always doing that. I could do it almost with my eyes closed. From Pakenham to Sylvan. <laughs> I won't. I don't. I'm not that stupid. I look stupid, Barb, but I'm not. <laughs> but probably the first time I took that road, like Naomi did the other day, I was like, wow, this is really pretty, you know? And springtime comes around and it's even more gloriously pretty. And then the further you get, even up towards Sylvan Way and you go up through the hills, it's so gorgeous. But then if you do that every single week, backwards as well as forwards, it kind of gets a little bit... I don't know, what's the word? 
Ordinary. Yeah, good words, people. <laughs> yeah, boring, monotonous. Ordinary, mundane, usual, normal. <laughs> and, you know, as Christians, I know, I know we forget. Like, we know it. We know it. God loves us. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We know that God loves the world. We know that God loves us. But how often do we actually kind of appropriate God's love for me? You know, like you're me, not me. You and you and you and you. When was the last time you said to yourself, self, God loves you? When was the last time you were amazed at the basic principles of the Christian faith? You know, a few weeks back, I remember driving along a, a Henry Road just over there and there were some tourists from a country that wasn't Australia. And they were out with their cameras, right? And they parked their cars on the road. The first thing I noticed was that the cars weren't safely parked on the road. There aren't any road rules in some countries, I think. I don't know. But they were all out on the footpath taking photos of a magpie. <laughs> a magpie. You see, we laugh at that, us Aussies, because we think, well, it's a magpie. It's normal. It's mundane. It's ordinary. It's the usual. But for someone who's come from a foreign land where they don't have magpies, they're all like, oh, quick handbrake, bang, magpie. What is that strange black and white bird? They're not used to it. And so they notice it. And I think sometimes we can do that in church. We can just we just turn up to church on a Sunday or a Saturday if there's any Seventh-day Adventists here. We just we get into our routines and we go, yeah, the the usual Bible verses, God so loved the world, yes, he loves me, he yes, he loves you, he loves our kids, and we don't swear as much, and you know, everything just becomes normal for us Christians. And sometimes we just need to be reminded of the wonder that a God who is absolutely perfect that created the sun. Like, have you checked out the sun? It just sits there. Have you, have you looked at the sun with fresh eyes? I mean, because you think that's just funny. It's the sun. It's always been there. It's normal. But have you looked at it with fresh eyes just to think that God went and he made it, you know, and the moon and the stars. And have you noticed the people that live in your town that God made them as well? Look at them with fresh eyes. In... in uh, I remember um, when we lived at the Mary Valley, just for the Queenslanders in the room, we lived in the manse out the front of the Mary Valley Wesleyan Methodist Church and it was cut into the side of a hill. And in the mornings or in the evenings, we'd be in the kitchen doing the dishes or something, looking out the window to this beautiful view. Like in the morning especially, there was these there'd be rolling hills and there'd be like this mist of clouds and then there'd be a little hill over there poking up out of that. It was just so beautiful and picturesque. I, I'm not a photographer, but that would be photo, photographic, photogenic. But then, you know, we went to bed that night, woke up, and it was there again, and it was there again the next day, and it was there again the next day, and then it wasn't until someone comes to visit our house that we think, oh, wow, it is pretty, you know. Who's had visitors come from another country to, uh, to their homes this Christmas time? Did you take them out to the tourist attractions? And you're like, oh, wow, Australia is really cool. We haven't been to these things before, you know. We haven't 
experienced what our nation has. It become, we get stuck in ordinary. We get stuck in normal. Let's get to the scriptures. Romans 8, 38 and 39. Romans 8 has to be the punchline to the whole book of Romans, I think. You know, Romans uh, 1 through to 7, I think, don't look, quote me, don't quote me, but um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the name Holy Spirit is mentioned once from chapter 1 to chapter 7. And then when it gets to chapter 8, it says, now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is the point of what God did for us in Christ. And then he starts talking about the Holy Spirit and how we can have a, not just a changed heart and a changed soul and we can be friends with God, but we can actually have a changed life as well because God is our friend on the inside. His Holy Spirit is with us. And then Paul keeps going on and he talks about how all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's one of the famous verses that we all know as Christians, right? And then, so then Paul gets to this point where he goes, wow, we are in such a great relationship with God. What can be against us? What can speak against us? Can anything harm us? Can anything stop us from experiencing God's love? Can any person stop us from experiencing God's love? That's what he's going on from verse 31 down to verse 39. But tonight I just want to focus on the last two verses of that chapter, verses 38 and 39. And I'll just read them out from the New Living Translation. Paul says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What shall separate us from the love of Christ? I love Paul's word here. He says, I am convinced. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. <laughs> it's a trick. He's tricking me. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Have you ever met Christians and you kind of go, I'm not convinced they really understand that God loves them. You ever met someone like that? Hopefully not the person next to you. You just turned to them and said, I'm not convinced. <laughs> it's like, you know, that old song we sang in Sunday school. If anyone went to Sunday school, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart, down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. And it stays there. It just stays there. It doesn't come out of my face. <laughs> we got the joy. Like we know it in our heads. God loves us. But it's like our faces are just telling another story completely. Or our lives are just telling another story completely. You know, we forget. We forget who we are. We, did, we drive by ourselves so many times. We just go, oh, that person's just normal. Ever looked in the mirror and said, that person is loved by the creator of the universe? <laughs> Look, when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself. It's difficult. It's difficult because I know me. I've got history with me. And God's got history with me too. Sonia's got history with me more than anyone in this room has. So there's not a perfect Ian, right? It just looks perfect up here. 
But God loves him, you know? And have you ever said that about you? Like looking in the mirror, like regardless of what you look like physically, even just your life, like some of the things that you're quirky with or some of the things you know you need to fix in 2020, some of the things that you like about yourself, that's great. But God actually loves you. He loves you. Paul starts his declaration by saying that he is convinced. He's like, I'm convinced that God loves me. I'm totally convinced. There's nothing you can ever say to make me think otherwise. In other words, he's kind of really stubborn on the fact that God loves him. He says, I'm convinced. This is not Paul crossing his fingers saying, I hope that God loves me. He is utterly convinced of God's overcoming and conquering love. This is a love that Paul is banking everything on. Banking everything on. Colin Buchanan he wrote a song called Real Hope. And it's such a good song. But he says these words, and look, I'm not a betting person. Like, casinos, whatever. He says, I bet all I have on Jesus. I throw myself on him, the one who died a real death for real sin. I bet all I have on Jesus. And throughout eternity, I'll marvel at the real hope my saviour won for me. I bet all I have on Jesus. Can you say that about 2019? Dale mentioned that maybe 2019 was not so good for him or for others. There's been disappointments, there's been heartache, maybe there's been some loss, serious loss in your life. I don't know. But can you still say in all of that God, that you are convinced that God loves you? I'm convinced. I'm so convinced, says Paul. I'm betting all I have. On Jesus are you convinced I am I got to a point in my life where I was sitting around the table doing a uh, an assignment at Bible College on God's love you know I, I knew about God's love I understood what God's love meant I even knew some of the Greek words for love and what the Greek word for God's love meant, meant as well and and I knew so much about God's love but it wasn't until I was going through that that actual assignment that it hit me. God loves me. It didn't matter what I did or what I didn't do. It didn't matter who I was married to or what my parents were like or what church I went to or if I went to church. God loves me. God loves me. I was convinced. And I bet everything on Jesus. Financially, emotionally, my future, my fears, my heartache, my opinions, my thoughts, my feelings, all of it, all of me. Paul's been there, the Apostle Paul. He's been there and he's done that. He's done religion. He's done trying to please God through the law. He's done a very good job, in fact. And now there is nothing getting in the way of God's love for him. It's not just an intellectual agreement of God's love for him. It's a very real experience in his heart. You know, God's love is inseverable. I don't know if that's a word, but I thought of it as I was coming up with this message. Inseverable. Is it a word? Yeah, it is tonight. You cannot, you cannot sever it. It's inseverable. Paul goes on with a list of things that could be seen as roadblocks and brick walls coming between us 
and God's love. But he quickly rejects them all. He says, um, no, I won't do that. He, he quickly rejects them all. None stand a chance against God's love. They're like candles in a hurricane of God's undeserved, unearned, inseparable, inseparable, indisputable love. It's a one-way love. God's love. It's a one-way love. Tim Keller said it this way, quoting from quoting uh, Romans 8, 38 and 39. He said, nothing in human experience, that is neither death nor life, nothing in human experience can separate from God's love. So you can die and still not be separated from God's love. You can live and still not be separated from God's love. He also said, nothing in the spiritual realm could separate him from God's love. That is, neither angels nor demons. Nothing in time, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow or, or anything that opposes God's people, that is, not even the powers of hell, can separate us from God's love. Nothing in space can separate us from God's love, that is, from the sky above or in the earth below. Nothing in all creation, nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love. If I was Paul, I would just say, at the beginning of Romans 8, verse 31, nothing can separate us from God's love. And leave it at that. Like, why does he go list uh, like one, one thing by another thing and another thing and another thing and then at the end just say nothing in all creation? Why didn't he just say that to begin with? Because we can get a bit doughy about God's love for us. We can, we can believe that God's love for us is something that we can earn or we can change or we can deserve. God's love for us is inseparable. Why does he love us? Because God loves us simply because of his choice. Not because of anything in us which may change, nor anything around us which may change. He loves us because he loves us. So that's Tim Keller. Friends, while our love is fickle and fallible, God's love is not. Christ's love for you is inseverable and inseparable. His love is steadfast and sturdy. May our ears of faith be opened to this promise, accompanied by Jesus' promise spoken over his own in John 10, 28 to 29. Jesus said this, he said, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. No one. No one. Did you hear that? No one. No one. Let it sink in. Let it speak to your fearful heart tonight if it's you that needs to know that God loves you. Be fully convinced. But not by my words, by God's words. I'll read to you some scriptures. Isaiah 54 verse 10. 
for the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. Psalm 103 verse 8, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. Jeremiah 31 verse 3, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. Isaiah 43 verse 4, Because you are precious to me, you are honoured and I love you. Psalm 147 verse 3, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Zephaniah 3.17, Jamie can quote that for us tonight. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty saviour. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Romans 5 verse 5, For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Lamentations 3.22, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Psalm 86, verse 12 and 13. With all my heart, I will praise you, O Lord my God. I will give glory to your name forever, for your love for me is very great. You have rescued me from the depths of death. God says it. So I believe it. It's, it's an exchange. We come to God and we say, here are my burdens. God says, here's, here's peace, here's love. But you might say tonight, you might be the person, I don't know, who's the person that needs to know tonight that God loves them? You might be that person you think, you know what, Ian, I hear what you're saying, but I just don't feel it. I just don't feel God's love. If God loved me so much, why is this happening to me? Or why did this happen to me? Or why did that happen to that person? Or why, 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 why? And you might be that person tonight asking that question, if God loves me so much, why can't I feel it? Why don't I feel it? Well, isn't it great that we have the Bible? For God to say how much he loves us? I mean, even just to know that he loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, he gave the best from heaven. He made a big, big risk. God loves you. God loves you very much. God loves you so much. Jesus said to the disciples and some people that are coming to him, and he says to us tonight, he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. What a reminder tonight just of the ordinary, which is really not ordinary, is it? It's extraordinary. There's an exchange of heaven and earth. That we come to God with our burdens and he gives us an exchange of peace. We come to, we come to, we come to God. Imagine Dale's God. We come to God and we say, here's all my garbage. 
You know, you don't do that at the shops and expect something good. We come to God and we say, here's the burdens that I have. Here's the heartache that I have. Here's the unbelief and the doubt that I have. Here's the questions that I have. Here's the pain that I'm, I have. I can't handle anymore. And what does he say? He says, like, yeah, bring it here. This is valuable to me. And then he says, here's my peace. It's amazing that God loves you that much. God loves you. God loves you. Let it calm the storms of your worried mind and heart. God loves you. Let it speak to your heart personally. Let it bring your heart to a place of thanks and praise of his undeserved love. God loves you. You'll never earn it, ever. It's an inseparable love. It's an inseverable love. It's a one-way love. Can you be convinced tonight that God's love is all that you need? And that nothing, no thing, no one can ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So next time you're driving somewhere and you see some tourists taking photos of magpies or crows or if you see someone ex you know, experiencing something for the first time, be reminded of the wonder that, that God loves you. Next time you look in the mirror, maybe tomorrow morning, maybe when you get home, maybe when you're driving your car, you look, you check yourself out in the interior mirror. Think to yourself, wow, yeah, I can see why God loves that person. Because <laughs> he does. He really, really does. Let's come to him in prayer. Father, we come to you, not because of our own goodness or our own righteousness or anything. We, we come to you like children and we come to you in Jesus' name and we say thank you. We don't have any words that can describe how to respond to what you have shown us, the love that you have revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ, that you sent him, you sent him to us. You gave him. He revealed you to us that the God put flesh on and became one of us, humbled himself, lowered himself, emptied himself, still fully God, but fully man at the same time. And yet, even though he was perfect, even though he deserved your love, even though he earned your love, he chose to become sin for us that we might become righteousness of God in his place God that is love not that we love you but that you loved us that you gave your son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins Father might we just know tonight afresh just to be reminded of the simplicity the basic, the basic of what your love is for us that it's, that it's nothing that we ever deserve or can deserve. There's nothing that we could ever do to make you love us less. Uh, we've, there's nothing we've ever done to make you love us less. Your love, Lord, is, is like an ocean. And we, cannot con we can't contain it. We can't earn it or deserve it. 
but we receive it, Lord. We swim in it. We thank you for it. We accept it. And we thank you so much that we can pass on that amazing love that you have given us to the world around us. God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love that we might go out from here proclaiming a loving God with our words and with our actions. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.